thank you, Brooke. Brooke Jones is with me today on our podcast, and we are going to dig into a totally awesome subject that is off of what I usually talk about, which is why I'm extra excited to chat with you. Uh, we are going to talk about random acts of kindness. So, uh, Brooke, if you would just say, hey, and then if you could uh, share your background and your organization and anything else that you think is important, just so that everybody knows who you are and what you're about. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Hi, Trish. I'm happy to be here. Um, like you said, my name is Brooke Jones. I am the vice president at the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. We are a nonprofit that's been around now for over 20 years, um, located in Colorado. And we are kind of a unique foundation in that we don't fundraise and we don't fund others. We are literally simply about uh, spreading kindness and how we can help others incorporate more kindness into their lives. So we focus on three areas. One is schools, one is the workplace, and the other is uh, your home and your surrounding community. So um, we have all kinds of resources and fun ideas um, on the website and, and various ways to sort of keep in contact with us. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And it's it's so funny because I was telling Jamie the reason I wanted to have you on. Jamie's my assistant. So I was telling her the reason I wanted to have you on is I remember back in college where we would have like sponsored weeks of, they call it rake, random acts of kindness everywhere. And I have actually practiced this across my life. And as I, as I prepared to talk to you, I'm like, man, I don't know if I've been as, as intentional about being randomly kind, but I have built it into my lifestyle. I really have. And, and I'll tell you a couple of funny stories about like how my children are attempting to incorporate it into their lifestyle. But it really, I learned about it, I'm sure, from some organization that's similar to yours that came to my college and inspired me to think about, you know, giving to other people in just being kind. And mm -hmm. so I love that, that you're in those organizations trying to make the difference. I've started a nonprofit that I call Porn Brain Prevention, and it's very similar is that I help people who are addicted to pornography or have a pornography consumption problem, mm -hmm. but trying to go upstream to kids and to be able to influence them early on. So, you know, I know at the organizational level, how important that can be. Um, and your website's awesome. Cause I, ha I haven't gone on it in a little while, but I remember thinking it is amazing to have ideas like that because we're going to dig into a few ideas here, but that's a great resource for people. If they don't know how to go out of their way to be kind, there's a resource for them. So not to put you on the spot, but if you could kind of share with us what your conceptualization or your idea of random acts of kindness is, that would be great. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, we both talk about intentional versus random acts of kindness. And and the way I view it um, is that random acts of kindness is ultimately the goal that if we are intentionally kind and we're, we're really building that into who we are and our daily life, that um, the more intentional you can be, the more random it becomes. You don't even think about it. And um so that's ultimately the goal, like, because really everything we do has some intention around it, whether you let somebody into traffic, you, you know, you've made a choice to let them into traffic or held the door open for somebody or whatever it is um, that ultimately, if it really is part of who you are, you don't even think about it and it's random. Um, and yeah. that, and that's ultimately, you know, what our hope is that you can practice 
intentionally. And there's all kinds of ideas, like you said, on the website for that. Everything from as simple as letting somebody into traffic to um, one thing I love for people to do is writing a letter of gratitude, like actually write with your with your hand and pen and paper um, to somebody who's changed your life for the better, write that letter and then either send it to them or even better, call them and read it to them. Even better than that, actually go to them and read it out loud to them. It's quite a powerful exercise and very, very meaningful for both sides. Um, that's obviously very intentional, but, uh, but those are the kinds of things we're talking about. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I saw that Adele, uh, Adele just had a, uh, a little while ago, she had something on TV and I happened to see it where her teacher was there and because she had always said that this teacher from like third grade had made this major impression on her. And at some award ceremony, her teacher was there. And imagine the impact for the both of them because Adele was blown away. She was crying. And then she, they, her mom was crying and Adele was trying to get the camera to pan to her mom, but her mom doesn't want to be on film, I guess. But very, very powerful. Um, yeah. If it's okay, I'm going to digress for a minute because actually, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about how important our partnership in this in this discussion is today, and hopefully forever, um, more so than I realized when I invited you. Because when people consume pornography, and the people who are consuming pornography are good people with good hearts and good minds and good lives. But what porn does to them is it puts their brain in this cycle that it needs more and more dopamine. And unfortunately, what that does is it creates what's called a narcissistic bubble. So over time with consistency and frequency, and especially with increasing intensity and consumption, they start to think more and more about themselves and less and less about other people. And a big thing that happens for people is they perceive others as attacking them. So they are annoyed and mad at humankind much more. So what happens is the screen holds all the dopamine, the world and all the people in it is created a dopamine deficit. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about traffic, a very, a thing I hear all the time from men who are addicted to porn and their partners is that they are ragey in traffic because everybody's against them. There is a 0% chance they're letting someone in. because So, so like something that is so simple for someone's brain when it's healed from porn or it's not impacted in the first place, it's easy to go, let someone in, in traffic. But if your brain is really sucked into this cycle that's not easy to do. And that's why it's extra important that we're talking today, because I want people to know if you take the action step and it is wounding your core to let someone in doing that thing, that action step is what can shift your mind and then your brain out of this porn brain cycle. So it's very, very important when I let people into traffic or even when people cut me off. And this is like, you know, really kind of being intentional, but so kind of random. I'll let anybody in ever. And if anybody cuts me off, I'll go, oh, sorry, friend, go ahead. And my kids will go, why do you call everybody friend? And I call everybody friend in the world anyways, but why do you call everybody friend? Even when they're cutting you off, I'm like, because clearly that person is in more of a rush than I am. And if they're very upset about my existence on the road, I'm happy to let them in and let them get where they are going. But, you know, that can be really difficult for a person who perceives 
that other yeah. driver as going against them. And those right. random acts of kindness are even more important. Something as simple as next time you want to yell at someone in traffic, just let them in and call yep. them friend. Do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, there's science behind all of what you're saying right there. And that is that, you know, when you have even a momentary altruistic action like that, letting somebody into traffic, so many things happen um, physically. You you have that rush of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, um, but it's also this. Uh, everybody benefits if you if you can do that. And we've all been there where we're the person trying to sneak in somewhere because we didn't realize we were in turn lane or whatever it is, and we got to get back in. And when somebody lets us in, it's like, oh, thank you. That was really kind of you. Um, we've all been there. So why can't we be that person as well for somebody else and assume the best and know that it's not personal. This person doesn't know who you are. Um, it's don't take it personally. They're just trying to get to where they're going. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, and I think it too, like in terms of, you know, I have some haters out there, the haters are the ones who, or the people who are the most angsty on the road are the ones who actually need that act of kindness the most. And, you know, and I'm sure you've seen or you promote the idea of like, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. What happened four minutes before they cut you off? Like, and, you know, so empathy is at the core. And the reason I wanted to have this discussion, empathy and service, but figuring out how to make those actionable is at the core for people who want to back themselves out of a pornography habit or any other habit that's not serving them. And especially one that's uh, damaging those, you know, areas of their brain. But so being able to have an action step on what to actually do to be empathetic. So to understand that if another person is cutting you off, they're in a hurry or something's just happened to them. And what I try to tell people is like, nobody wants to act that way to anybody. All people want to act kindly and want to do things to be nice to people. If they aren't doing those things, it's because they don't have the capacity because of either the way they've learned from somebody else or because of whatever situation is going on. And it's important empathy and then being able to service. So like in terms of random acts of kindness, what is there like something easy that you could share with people that would make it so that they can move forward or, or some easy ways or your top five or something that would be easy mm-hmm. to share? Yeah, there, there are really simple ways, cost nothing. Um, some of the simple things are, uh, we, ha- we actually have a little worksheet that's like five, five things you can do each day. And when the idea is you take five things you normally do, you brush your teeth, you wake up, you drive to work, you, you know, get on your computer, whatever it is, those five things that always happen in your day and add some form of kindness. So maybe when you wake up, immediately send a text to, to somebody you care about, just saying, I hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that. a simple, yeah, it takes two seconds and you feel good doing that. The other person gets it and, and also gets a rush. Um, you know, while you're brushing your teeth, maybe think of three, four things that you're grateful for. Um, the fact that you have running water, uh, you know, just simple, simple things like that. When you're driving to work, let somebody into traffic, um, slow down a little bit more than you normally, you know, enjoy the sights as you go. I try and do different routes to work. Uh, regularly so that I'm seeing different things. Um, So, so simple things like that each day, take five things that you, that you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, 
mealtime, uh, grooming, all of that, and put some form of kindness into it and, and make sure that some part of it is self-kindness, something that you're doing for yourself. Yeah, I just jotted that down because I love that, that, you know, some of the things you just said are self-kindness and uh, man, it starts with yourself and don't get me wrong. I'm just as guilty as most people who have challenges being kind to oneself and, you know, caring self-care. But it starts with, and, you know, again, to bring it back to what people are experiencing at the core of a problem with porn is self-worth. And so, and the need for external validation. So if you can validate yourself and increase your internal worth through your acts of self-kindness and changing the way that you talk to yourself and changing the way that you think about yourself, you can only give what you have. And this is what I try to teach people. So if someone's giving you a hard time, they have a hard time. That's right. If they are giving you pain and they're attacking you, they have pain. So it becomes the best opportunity ever to be able to help someone with their pain or with their decreased self-worth or for yourself with your own self-esteem by taking the opportunities. And I overextend the term opportunity, but I mean it though, because all these hard challenges or these difficult times can really become opportunities for people. I, I Um, totally agree. And something I recommend for people is in the 90 day program that I offer, I recommend that people make three goals each day, not a million and not none, (laughs) three goals each day. And that they anchor into the feeling that that goal would give them. So it's on the same self-kindness, but then also to write down three gratitudes each day. And if you accomplish through your three goals that gave you good feelings, you immediately have three gratitudes from yesterday to create that cycle of gratitude. Another thing I wrote down and then I'll throw it back to you is that I love the idea of coupling these habits to something else that you already do that's a habit. There's so much neuroscience that shows that if you want to start a new habit, couple it to something you already do. And so that is a really great idea that when you get up and if you're about to make coffee, shoot a text every day, shoot a text to a friend and you connect yourself and you said it serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin right there. Love it. Like just, you know, throughout your day, if, if you pick three, five times a day and you couple it with kindness you're very intentional about your kindness, but then, you know, kind of also being um, random. So I yeah. really like that a lot. Yeah. And it, and it's, um, it's so easy. I mean, you really don't have to go out of your way. And I, I think the other thing that's, that's important for, for people to know when, um, when they're either doing an act of kindness, like we're talking about, or when they're receiving one, um, they're getting the same uh, physiological reaction that we talked about with the dopamine, the serotonin, lower, lowering their cortisol, blood pressure. But the interesting part is that even if you witness it, um, you don't even have to be part of it. You just saw somebody let somebody else into traffic, or you, um, you saw somebody say something kind on social media, um, you have the exact same physiological reaction. So, so when you are more in tune to it happening around you, you get that helper's high, you get that um, that need to do more of it or be a part of it more. And, and that's where I think you can take people out of whatever destructive behavior 
um, they're doing. And, and once they realize I can get this feeling somewhere else and it's productive and, and positive, they, they love it. Yeah. It's awesome. And I'm going to share an example, if that's okay, is that I do this with many people, but one guy that I'm working with right now, excuse me, he is a really great example. A lot of the young guys I work with are trying to find a healthy way to find a girl, basically, you know, so once they stop going into the screen and they have some better behaviors, they're trying to find a way to, you know, basically kind of meet or talk to you. So one guy, he, well, he built this actually very good idea of approaching women and complimenting women, but it was always the women in the pool of women that he would want to be with. So the next time I talked to him and coaching, I'm like, let's just extend that to all people. So you can start seeing people as whole people and practice interacting with people socially, because also with technology, and I'm sure you're dealing with this with technology, people's heads are in their tech all the time. So when they're in the world, they're no longer connecting and engaging with people. And so he did that. And it, it was funny because he had a couple funny stories about uh, where he he complimented an older woman who like turned the tables on him and tried to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> so That's funny, awesome. but you know, and then he complimented a man and, but he said exactly what you're talking about. He's like, I never knew how good it was going to make me feel. And I could see in the eyes of the people, how good it made them feel. And I thought that was so awesome. And, you know, that's, yeah. you know, talking about building into my lifestyle, I make eye contact with everybody And, you know, obviously not in a creepy way, but I will make eye contact and say hi to just about everybody when I'm out in the world. And we were traveling this past weekend. I was waiting for my friends and my husband that were in the bathroom (laughs) and I was just standing there smiling and an older gentleman came up and he's like, your smile's contagious. He goes, I'm going to smile more at people today. And I was doing nothing besides waiting, looking around. And he, you know, we made, we made eye contact. I gave him a smile and he came over like two minutes later. He obviously was thinking about it and trying to decide if he should approach. And it's, you know, it's the energy that comes off of you when you smile and you deliberately connect with people through eye contact, you're seeing them as whole people is amazing what that can do for you and for the people and for the entire room, the whole other people were in the room who saw that happen and it becomes this major ripple yep. effect. So that was really cool. Just kind of, you know, of course when it happens to you too, it validates, I wasn't even trying to do that, you know, right. and it validated the fact that I've built that into my lifestyle so that it, it is um, so powerful. So that's very cool. There, there's so, a, there's a great way to practice that too. Cause I do this regularly. I try to um, smile more and, one of the best times to do that is when you're in a restaurant and you're talking to your server, right? Always smile and say, thank you and appreciate. And you see they change because, you know, they're kind of, they're often just doing their job, going through the motions. And when you have somebody that smiles and, and talks to you a little bit, it changes their day. And, you know, often you'll end up with like, whatever, a free dessert or something, not, you know, <laughs> not that there's some payoff, but that, that they, they feel seen and acknowledged. And ultimately I think that's, the most important thing that we're all looking for is, is to feel part of the world around us and feel acknowledged. Yeah. Connected, connected. Absolutely. And when people use porn, they isolate into porn as a way to attempt to connect. It's like this reverse. So the reverse action of actually connecting is the way out of that. My friend Chanel, she always, and I've, I said to her this weekend, 
I said, it's really cool how, cause she's like, I do this because of you. And I'm like, I do this because of you. And I'm like, it's kind of cool how you take each other's hopefully positive habits on. She always asks the server their name if they don't present it or if she hasn't caught it. And so now I find myself going, you know, what's your name? And then I'll go, oh, hey, Katie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then you immediately are connected because you've learned that person's name. You've said it back to them. And, you know, Chanel go way out of her way. She'll know the whole person's life story, which I don't have that in me, unfortunately, (laughs) but I'll definitely like connect a bit and then definitely appreciate good service um, or appreciate. I'll ask the server to tell the kitchen if the food's really good because the kitchen doesn't hear that their food was good. So I, you know, if the food's great, I'll do that. Um, Let me ask you this. So what's your thought on like, this is this discussion that my husband and I were having earlier where you know, we would pay it forward type of things where we still do this, where you'll pay someone's toll behind you. And then you pull up and that's happened to me. My toll is taken care of. And it's like, oh, it's only like a dollar, but it's just like, oh, that was so cool. Like it makes your day. What's your thought on like those types of random acts of kindness? I love them. I think, you know, again, it's that um, everybody benefits. You, You may start that pay it forward, right? Pay for the person behind you. And I'll tell you, you know, most people will, will agree. It's kind of a scary thing to do. And I don't know why, right? Why, it, is. <laughs> it is scary. We, you know, you don't know. I think there's a sense of like, somehow there's some reject, rejection if you're kind. And sometimes yeah, that you don't want to freak them out. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, I don't want to freak people out by being too smiley, which right. is like terrible that I have to like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have to be perfectly smiley, not overly smiley or overly friendly. Yeah. Cause I don't want to freak people out. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? We're going outside of our comfort zone in some way when we're kind and uh, in the sense of paying it forward, there's something scary there. I don't, you know, like the person taking your money is going to go, we don't, we don't do that here. Or the person behind you is going to not appreciate it, whatever it is. And, um, but you drive away from that with that, your heart's beating faster and you're smiling and you're like, I hope they enjoyed it. You know, that kind of thing. And I hope it continued, but you never really know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's it. I've never had somebody on the receiving end of a pay it forward, um, not appreciate it. I've never seen that happen. Um, but I think there's, there's so much happening in our brain and in our body when that, when we do that, that, it makes us want to continue to do it. It's contagious. You want to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, that's so a, I'm all that's for a, That's a really cool point too, that I never thought of also is that I call it the friction point. When I talk about porn consumption is that people's are looking for the response in their brain that hits anxiety and exhilaration. And that really hits the sweet spot for a lot of people. That's what they're looking for. And that's why intensity will increase when, when like that anxiety piece kind of dies down, they'll look for something that gives them a little bit more anxiety. And I always tell people, go find that in your own life, like go parachute or go skiing, like the thing that makes you feel exhilarated, but a little anxious to do it. And this is another great example that you could also keep ramping up or changing or morphing into different ways that make you feel a little nervous. My, my kids call it nervous sighted. Cause that's from my little pony. And you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's a, it's like you want to hit that sweet spot of nervous sighted and you're giving your brain what it's looking for in the screen, but you're able to get it in your life and you retrain your brain like a puppy to mm-hmm. look for those neurophysiological responses in the world, no longer in the screen. And this is an amazing way to be able to do that. 
and I think, you know, one, one of the other things that happens, what you just made me think of something else is as people shift um, into doing whatever it is that brings them, you know, positive pleasure, whether that's skydiving or what, or doing acts of kindness that um, they did a study a few years ago with kids, middle school kids, where they had um, what they were calling sort of underachieving kids who they knew were quite intelligent um, tutoring some of the younger kids. They said, you know, let's see if this changes those that are underachieving by helping others. And it did. Their grades went up dramatically because they were helping others. It wasn't because they were studying more. It wasn't, there was nothing else except that they were tutoring um, younger kids and they felt like, okay, you know, I'm helping them to feel motivated, feel um, engaged in their school. And something in them said, I need to be more motivated and engaged in school. It wasn't, it wasn't obvious. Uh, you know, nobody's telling them, if you do this, then you're going to get better grades. And it's just things like that, where I think as people switch their focus and realize this thing that brings me joy is also helping me um, in my life. And, and so figuring out what is that for you and for me and for many, many people, it's kindness because it's so simple. Yeah. And that's cool. So what's your thought on like kindness that doesn't have a payoff for you, or at least one you don't foresee in the moment? Cause that's, I actually, I thought about this myself. My husband just said it too earlier where like, I'm constantly serving like I, it's my entire life. I have six kids. I don't know if you know that. So like, okay, I, you know, I have my business where I'm, I'm trying to serve the world and my clients, YouTube, I'm just trying to serve the world for itself. Um, I have five teenagers and my stepson's 30. So I'm constantly, you know, nurturing them, but of course I'm their parent. And of course that's my clients. So like there's financial payoff for some, there's, you know, the feeling of being a good mom for all of them. You know, even today I made my husband a smoothie, put it in a cup, you know, and then he brought me a salad, like, you know, and that's really important because some couples don't serve each other. Right. But I, I, and I, I see it in my kids' eyes. And I guess there's a couple of points in here when I do things for my kids. Cause I'll say, you know, would you like in my, my son, Seamus, who he's the middle child, you know, he'll look at me like, so what you're telling me is you are going to do something for me. You don't need me to do something for you this time. And I do it deliberately. Like, would you like me to you know, make you your favorite snack. I'll bring it up to you. I'll call them. Cause normally it's like, come down here and do the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, uh, so do you have a thought uh, on like, there's no, there's no real payoff. That's what the random is. Like I go out of, I was thinking, have I done any random acts of kindness lately? And I will do them, especially as the opportunity presents. Like there was a woman at Starbucks over the weekend. She was wearing like scrubs, but they were this pretty purpley color. And I told her she looked beautiful in them. You know, and I could see immediately she loved the fact that, you know, kind of like, oh, this old color, like, (laughs) yeah. And then someone dropped something and I picked it up and I ran way out of my way to return to them. And of course they look around like, oh my gosh, like you ran way after me to return this to me. So those are kind of like the opportunity comes and I take the opportunity. But then in the other cases, I do get a payoff. Do you have a thought about payoff versus no payoff? Um, So one's better or, you know, if non-payoff is better for you. Well, I think ultimately, uh, to answer your question, people, no matter what you do, you're always getting a payoff because you're always getting that physiological reaction. You're always getting that rush of dopamine. But I think also, you know, I think it's Princess Diana who said it, um, you know, 
do an act of kindness with no expectation of anything in return. And, and that's the thing, you know, you're, you're doing all of this to serve others. Um, but in many ways, if you really sit down and think about it, others are serving you as well. Now, it may not be this reciprocal, you did this for me, and I, now I'll do this for you. It, it pays off with karma or whatever you want to call it, um, because you surround yourself with people who appreciate you, you know, know who you are, what you're doing, and, and they will pay it forward or pay it back to you in certain ways. Um, 100%. I don't know that I've ever felt, I mean, there have been times that I've done something for somebody and there was no acknowledgement or appreciation. And, and you get that sort of like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because they don't care. <laughs> but ultimately you, you, you got to keep doing it because you're putting something out there in the world that, um, that you do get a payoff from. It just may not be so explicit in the moment. Yeah. And I actually think those are, are the most important times because if a person can appreciate, those are the people who need it the most. That's, That's like right. the point with, with That's hater right. comments. I'm always like, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, friend. But like, you know, it's like just with love, I always try to respond to everything with love. And if I can't, I wait. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Unless I'm not in a good spot. And then if I'm not in a good spot, that's a, an acute sign. I'm not in a good spot. I need a, a break from life or something. But like, you know, so if if someone doesn't appreciate it, even my own kids, like, you know, if they don't say thank you, of course, I'm growing them up. But at the same time, I realize sometimes they're cranky. I don't even need a thank you. Yeah, I'm doing the thing because they are cranky. So if now if I'm requiring praise or, or gratitude, like it becomes loaded, you know, so. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's really great. And I love what you said too. You're always getting the payoff with the dopamine hit and serotonin. And just to, just to differentiate dopamine and serotonin, then we can wrap up to keep it short and sweet. Um, serotonin is the neurotransmitter of joy. And, and you already said this dopamine is the neurotransmitter of pleasure, pleasure seeking actually, because it always keeps you seeking mm-hmm. for more where serotonin doesn't, uh, Dopamine is shorter lived. It kind of spikes your good feeling. Serotonin's longer lived. It makes you have meaning and makes you feel good across your life. And oxytocin is a neurotransmitter of connection. It makes you feel connected to other people. So when you go out of your way just to share a kindness, you get it. They get it. The people around get it. And it's this massive ripple effect of change. That's right. And, and I think it's the job of humanity. Like we all think the jobs we do is are the jobs we're supposed to do. But if we just focused on this, the whole world would be a better place. <laughs> exactly. And I and I have, even with everything going on in the world right now, which just seems so dark, I, I truly do have so much hope for humanity because I believe at our core, um, as a species, we are, we are connected. We have to be connected. We will not survive without taking care of each other. And, and I saw something recently that uh, they, about... Darwin's theory of evolution and how this idea of survival of the fittest. And they said, you know, it's been misinterpreted over the years that in fact, it's not the individual survival. It's that it, as a group, we can survive. The only way we can survive is when we take care of each other as a group. And I I thought that was such a profound interpretation of his work. And I thought, of course, that makes total sense. Definitely. I love that. That's great. Because even in my own life and my own journey, it's difficult for me to ask for help from people. I'm totally like, I'll do everything myself type of person, but, and much less so these days. And a thing that I tell people is, and you know, it's obvious, it's not rocket science, but that it takes a tribe or it takes a village. 
And when you when you subscribe to that, it takes the pressure off you to make the world go your world go around. Where because if we're going to let the the actual world go around, we have to get connected in this thing and we have to serve each other and allow ourselves to be served by other people. And the way I grew up, and this is the funny stories, and they're not that funny, but I think they're kind of funny. And just one more thing is that like with money, you know, because giving money is or charging for money, money, I've always been blocked around money. And I continually do work because my parents couldn't share money. Even though now they have a lot of money, they still can't even spend it on themselves. My dad's gonna be 82. He's gonna die with a lot of money and he's not living his best life because he won't spend any of his money. So I've tried to teach myself to spend my money on myself and other people and to give money. And I have to challenge myself to give money. I donate a lot of money because of that, teaching my children to do this. And so like one example is giving big tips. So I'll always give for good service, a a big tip. And now my son, my son, who's 18 guys haircut, which it was like outrageously too much for haircut in the first place. And then he gives a huge tip and he's like, but it's cute, but it's my money. Like, I'm like, like, dude, it doesn't work the same when it's my money and not yours because like, you know, he would never do that. So it's interesting because I've taught him to do it with my money. It'll be interesting to see if he can do it with his own money. Do you know what I mean? But I thought how cool, you know, I talk to people all the time about their multi-generational transmission of this stuff too, because if you didn't learn to be kind from your parents, which many people haven't, right? if you haven't learned to serve, if you haven't learned to give, And like, I am a perfect example of that. That's why, you know, like where we started when I learned about this in college, like go out of your way to be kind, go out of your way to give, go out of your way to serve. I still have to work on it. That was 30 years ago. And it, it doesn't come easy for me at all times. I, but I choose to do it every single time in these different ways, especially when it comes to money, because that's been such a block. And so like being able to give to charities, being able to give to people who need it, and, you know, not, we joke that if anybody needs money from us, they can have it, you know, it's don't, don't call me for money, though. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, but it is. And I was telling my friends this and they're like, what are you talking about? Cause they don't give money. And so now they do now because they've been challenged to do it. So it's pretty interesting because as a group, like the collective that you're talking about, we can all bring ourselves up That's right. to serve and to give by and inspire example, each other and inspiring each other. And then if, if you learn to do it yourself, and you teach your children, you can break the generational junk that came down to you of not being able to do it. Every time you move towards the give and the kindness, especially when you feel anxious about it, you're changing that. And it's energy. It's not even karma. It's literally neurological energy because our brains attune. So like, you know, I love that. So, Uh, um, so could you just please share with people where they can find out more information about your organization? Yeah, we are at uh, randomactsofkindness.org. Everything is completely free and there's all kinds of resources and ideas on there. And you can also, I've been telling people, um, I actually have a direct um, phone number that I send out a little bit of inspiration every day. And I love doing this. It's, it's a, it's just my phone number. And I have about 7,500 people on here that I text with every day. So the phone number, if you want to join me, I will not do anything with your information. Um, it's 303-529-2494. And I just send out one little bit of information or a kindness idea every day. And um, and that's it. I mean, we, we just... Awesome. 
we just love having people join us and, and be kind. It's, it's really all our mission is. And it's all the motive. I know. Yeah. Isn't it so awesome when that's just the motive? <laughs> I, I know. I have the best job. Best job in the world. That's the only motive. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a nice conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. And I hope people have found it fruitful. The takeaway is give, serve, just be kind to yourself, be kind to other people. It doesn't have to be big. You can start small and your brain will thank you. You'll get that. Uh, Your brain will come into that mode of working better and you'll feel great and you'll do it for the people you're kind to and the people around you. So it's a a win-win-win, right? A no-brainer. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Brooke. Thanks, Trish. Okay. Bye. All right. Cool. Uh, Okay. Well, have a great day. All right. You too. uh, We'll stay stay in touch. We'll stay connected. That sounds great. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks. Bye. Bye.